It's the T20 World Cup preview show, part two, on cricket, only better. Welcome along, it's Cricket Only Better 103. It's the T20 World Cup preview show, part de. I'm Ed Hawkins, and we have got our tanks in a row, ready to roll before the off on Saturday. Sam Collins is the commander. Ed Hawkins, I'm not getting involved in any of your twisted fan fiction, I'm afraid. Um, but we do have a big show coming up for you today. Um, Simon Dool back again for more wisdom on what's going to happen in the UAE, plus a very big announcement. But first, let's say, let's say hello to two more big guns. Who writes these scripts? They're greased and ready for it. This is obscene, Ed Hawkins. Right, Paul Krishnamurti, I hope you're um, you're nothing of the sort. But Paul's in Greece, you see. That's the way it works. That's that's what's the that's the cleverness of the script. Oh, I'm glad you're here to point that one out for a long suffering. How are we? Very well. Richard Mann of SportingLife.com, you're here too. How how are things? I'm very good. Ungreased, but very good. Mm. Good to hear, Richard. Good to hear. Ed Hawkins, take yeah, it away. Yeah, terrific. Lots to get through. Team previews for India, England, West Indies and New Zealand, plus some mind-boggling pitch stats to help you make the right decisions. We'll press the button on that in just a second. But first, get your notebook out because we've got some big news, some important news. Cricket Only Better will be coming at your ears three times a week during the World Cup. Wow. With special guests, Richard, Paul, myself and Ed will preview every single game of this tournament. Yeah, that's right. So our first World Cup T20 Cobb special will drop on Thursday. That's the 21st to cover the first four games and then we'll be on air ready to drop more of the stuff the following Monday that's October 25th and then in those shows we'll be telling you when we're on air again so keep your ears peeled no rest for the wicked or the witless now let's get on with the show right we start with some T20 World Cup housekeeping as always first up is an Outright price check. Betfair Sportsbook prices currently five to two India are the favourites, ten to three England, eleven to two the pair for Windies and New Zealand. Our analysis of those four coming up very shortly. Um, then it's Pakistan at sevens, Richard Mann selection, South Africa at twelves, Afghanistan at sixty-six to one, and Scotland at two hundred to one. Ed Hawkins, can you give us a quick reminder of how the groups work, please? Yes, yeah, so the big main groups, they'll be joined by two qualifiers. So we've got India, Pakistan, New Zealand, Afghanistan and two qualifiers to come. Then we've got England, West Indies, South Africa and Australia with two qualifiers to come. Based on that, the projected semi-final draw from those outright odds, your top two go through and it's straight to the semi-final. So... India versus West Indies in one semi-final and England versus New Zealand in the other semi-final. That is your projected semi-final draw according to the odds. What could possibly go wrong, Ed Hawkins? Um, coming straight back to you, by the way, because I gather you've had some sort of epiphany 
post the IPL title for the Chennai Super Kings. Fair play on, on the back of your recommendation. Yes, also on the back of Richard Mann's recommendation as well. Uh, so cheers to him as well. Uh, yes, IPL was interesting, wasn't it? Because it was basically contested by the two teams which showed the most batting aggression in that UAE leg. Kolkata completely transformed their game and Chennai consistently the most aggressive, hitting the most boundaries, sixes and what have you. And is that the difference when we have pitches which are slow and low and essentially are levelling off your bowling groups? They can all do something on these surfaces. So does it come down, pure and simple, to the team which can be the most aggressive and hit the most fours and sixes? Interesting. Um, sneak, sneak spoiler alert. Simon Dool will add his view on that in a bit. So uh, stay tuned. But Paul, Richard, what are your thoughts on that? Do you see that pitches as a leveller in terms of bowling groups here? Yeah, I think it's, it's a very, very good point. Um, I mean, they're a leveller anyway because of the toss bias. So we've got facts for that. In, but I guess as well, though, you would have to say that, it, that, that though, if that is the case and it is all about batting aggression, then there's some really clear clues in that. I mean, England have probably got the most aggressive side, I thought, in that. Um, and I thought Simon Dahl was absolutely spot on what he said about the um, overestimation of spinners, because that was the case in last year's IPL, where, I mean, I fell into that trap a few times of just backing the team that had the best spinners, and it didn't make that much difference. And, you know, if you've got a team that bats deep and can get to 140, 150, any which way on those pitches, you're going to have a very big chance. And, and what I'll add on that is that I think sides can probably get away with fudging the fifth ball a bit more on poor pitches. Um, you know, you can pick four really good ones and then get away with your other four overs. I'm thinking in New Zealand, Jimmy Neesham's probably going to be the fifth baller for them. Uh, and from what we saw in the IPL, he probably bowled pretty well on these pitches. You get him on a good flat pitch in England or Australia, and I think you'd struggle. So, yeah, it's definitely a leveller in that respect. Right. And Ed Hawkins, I gather you have a stat of the week for us. Yes, I do. And I'm uh, very grateful for at Trader12blog uh, on Twitter. He's got some terrific stats on what the pitches are doing. And this is from the IPL in the UAE. 31 games and your average total was 151. Overall, get your pens out now. This is a 67.74% toss bias throughout the tournament. In Dubai, the toss bias was 69% for the chaser. The toss bias is for the chaser, by the way. I should have made that clear. Average total 156 in Dubai. In Sharjah, the toss bias for the chaser was 70%. Uh, uh, 10 games there and your average total is 137 and Abu Dhabi average total 159 and toss bias is 62.5% lovely stuff thank you Ed Hawkins right now we're going to run the rule over T20 specialist Simon Dool he's giving us his views on India and England And the goodness continues on Cricket Only Better. Simon Dool has agreed to come back on and tell us who's going to win the World T20. How are you going, Simon? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks. Had a nice, relaxing week. Good. Right. We've got to try and find out who's going to win. Uh, let's deal with the favourites first, India and England. Interestingly, these two teams have gone with different selection. India have packed their squad with spinners. England have not. 
who has got the makeup of the squads right from the two most fancy teams for your money? I think England have, to be honest. I, I just feel, and, and I know I mentioned it before last week, that the fact that I think the seam bowlers are going to have such a big part to play and spinners definitely, yeah, they come into the game, they will have to, you know, they'll, they'll have to produce the goods at times, but I just think that the seam bowling attacks, the second half of the innings, pace off slower balls, being very difficult to hit, particularly the bigger grounds at Abu Dhabi and Dubai, um, using those square boundaries, I, I just feel that the better seam bowling attacks. And, and that's where India are going to struggle um, around the fact of if Hardik Pandey is not bowling, not on their side, that's where they're going to really struggle, I think, because they're going to have to play the extra spinners. And I just feel that England possibly have the wood over them on the bowling front. I think the batting front is, is possibly the Indian side of things looks maybe a little bit better with the, the makeup of that England side, I'm not 100% sure about as yet. And, and with Morgan being so badly out of form, uh, I, I think that's a, that's an issue for them. Yeah, you mentioned Hardik Pandya there. Uh, one of a sort of clutch of players who disappointed in the IPL, Kohli, uh, Bhuv Kumar, uh, Rishabh Pant was, was pretty quiet. Ishan Kishan and Yadav came good towards the end, but have been very, very quiet um, beforehand. Um how big an issue is is Hardik, well, not bowling, or is let's just say, is he going to bowl, do you think, in that tournament? Well, he has to bowl prior to it, and, and that's the key. He has to be bowling now, and, um, you know, they're, they're very reluctant to give you an insight into what's happening in that uh, Indian camp. But if he can't bowl, he can't play. That, that, that He's out of the tournament, as far as I'm concerned, um, because he cannot be in that side. They need a replacement for him if he can't bowl. And if he doesn't play, then they've got to bat the likes of Jadeja at six, I think. So they'll go with two spin bowling all-rounders at six and seven. Now, is that a bad thing or not? I don't think so. Jadeja's been incredible in the last couple of years at finishing games off. And, and his, batting, his, his batting skill is, you know, is brilliant. He's got two, two first-class triple hundreds. So he's, he's no mug with the bat. But I think he'll have to bat six if Pandya doesn't play. And then they may have a, a shuttle tuck or Deepak Chahar replacement type situation. England, Owen Morgan, his form has been mentioned where he was a disaster for KKR. And it's not a it's not a recent bias. It's been longstanding over 12, uh, 18 months. Uh, do they try and hide him down at number seven? Do they bring Joss Butler into that finishing role instead and open with Roy and Bairstow? Uh, is 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 that the way to to get round it? Yeah, I think so. Look, I, I think um, if I'm playing Johnny Bairstow, and I would play Johnny Bairstow in all white ball formats for England, he has to be at the top of the order. And I think that combination of him and Roy at the top of the order will certainly set things alight at, at some stage through the tournament, uh, depending on what they do. At, at three and four, it's a hard thing to say hide Owen Morgan. Uh, you know, I think if you look purely on form, if he wasn't the captain, he probably wouldn't be in England's top six uh, at the moment. But the fact that he's captain means that he's going to play. So at some stage, though, you just have to think that he will find a way. Um, he, he is, he has been that talented. He's just had a pretty ordinary run of it for, for quite some time. You have to think that if he is going to play every game in this tournament he'll find a way at some stage to win a game or to put on a performance for England so he, he needs to do it uh, to me I would start right at the top with Roy and, and Besto though Okay either India or England winning it for you? 
Oh, goodness me. Um, you know what? I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to throw it out there and tell you now that Pakistan can win. Oh, great minds think alike. So I've been saying this for months. <laughs> I, just think I just think they're bowling attack. I, I just think, you know, I, I believe in Shane Shah Freedy. They've got one of the best two bowlers in the world in, in white ball cricket. If Mitchell Stark's on, on the money, um, along with Jasper Boomer and, and probably Trent Bolt at the moment, they'd, they'd be my top four. You can pick him in any order you like, but I think Shaheen is just a, a, a you know, he's a dead set superstar. And and you throw in a, you know, where the Hassan Ali plays, um, that they've just got some really good talent in that bowling department. Um, Hasnain, Harris, Ralph, there's ability there, and the form, um, you know, the form of Barbarism will will certainly have a big role to play for them. Rizwan at the top of the order has been a bit of a revelation. Um, they're coming off a, a domestic tournament where they've been sort of, you know, playing some really good hard-fought cricket against each other. Uh, some late changes, uh, you know, bringing Fakir Zaman into this into the side as well as is, is um, you know it could make a big difference to them. So, to me, they're just the sleeping the sleeping giants, or, or uh, for want of a better term, and I, I think they could I think they could surprise. Them. I'm sure you won't need any encouragement to. Uh, slag off the Australian team. I mean, we've been talking about Pakistan for a while, about how they could go very well, but we seem to have been talking for years about this Australia white ball setup. And are you in agreement that they are a, a busted flush? They're they're really going to struggle. Yeah, they've, they've neglected their white ball um, twenty twenty format. I think they've neglected it a little bit in the last few years. They haven't really put any stock in it. Uh, look, they've got genuine genuine match winners. Um, I think the move from Mitchell Marsh to three uh, is certainly going to pay some dividends for them. You can't look too much at, at what happens in, um, or what has happened, sorry, in Bangladesh and West Indies and, and say, look, they, they're no good because of those situations. They sent half a team, sometimes a third of a team that's that's coming to the World Cup to those uh, particular places. And at times, you know, they obviously didn't perform well, but, you know, New Zealand have been beaten soundly in um, Bangladesh as well. It, it's not an easy place to go. They still have, you know, in, in Mitchell Stark, um, in Pat Cummins, in David Warner, they still have genuine match winners. And that's the sort of thing. And, and as you know, that it, it can at times only be one or two players standing up and putting in an incredible performance that can win you a 2020 game. You need a lot more for a 50 in a test match. But in a 2020 situation, one man can take a game away from you with a brilliant spell of bowling or an unbelievable innings. Maxwell's been in great form. Uh, you know, if Warner can rediscover something, Mitchell Stark, Mitchell Marsh, and Pat Cummins, there's five guys that could that could win you a tournament. But ha- can they put it together? That that's going to be their biggest issue. Talking about players who can win games on their own, or batters who are going to go very hard, or bowlers who are going to take wickets at the death. Let's try and just decipher who's going to take most wickets, score most runs. We tend to favour death bowlers in T20. You've already mentioned uh, Shaheen Sharafridi. Would he be a punt to finish top wicket taker for you? Pick your favourite lefty. Pick your favourite lefty. If you think they're going to go all the way. And and when I'm saying that, I'm thinking Shaheen, Bolt, Stark. Just pick one, pick one, and, and throw your money on it. I think because that's to me that's where it is. I, I, you're spot on. I mean, you look at the death bowling um, qualities. If, if a guy's going to bowl two to three overs at the back end of the innings, that's when he's more likely to pick up wickets. But both, or all of those guys as well, 
they are able to swing the ball and take wickets with the new ball. Mm-hmm. So I think you're getting two bites with, with those three in particular. You're getting two bites of the cherry because they all swing the ball up front and they can all bowl well at the depth. So I think to me, I'd look if I'm, you know, when, when, you, when you take the IPL, it's been the seam bowlers that have been to the fore. Uh, when you look at your leading, leading wicket takers, yeah, pace off, Harshal Patel, um, Ashdeep, um, you know, th- these guys have been very good and it's, it's generally been the seam bowlers that have, um, that have done well. So I'd be looking at a seam bowler that can take wickets up front and bowls at the depth. Okay, what about batsmen to follow? The openers generally are, are topping the charts in, in T20. We've seen that again in IPL. Uh, who do you fancy for the most runs? Well, if, if we're picking Pakistan, if we think Pakistan are going to go all the way, then a Baba Azam or a Muhammad Rizwan has is, is, is got to be a sneaky. Um, whether they're in the, I'm sure Baba's in the top sort of four or five as far as the favourites are concerned, is he? Um, but but pick your team that's going to go all the way because you get an extra two games, don't you, if you think they're going to make the final. And so that's the key to finding that particular person. Um, you know, do you think that Warner could bounce back? Oh, I, I'm not uh, I'm not in favour. Would you throw a Devin Conway in there as a speculator? Terrific player, possibility. Um, or do you just continue with the form of KL Rahul? Um, he's another one that would uh, possibly be right at the top of my thinking. And if something surprising was going to happen in, in, in World T20, something left field, Simon, what's it going to be? South Africa making a semi-final. There you go. Cracking stuff, Simon Dool. All the insight you ever needed. Cheers, mate. Great stuff from Simon Dool. We're very lucky to have him on the pod um, rather than the other normal idiots we've got. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> um, he's picked out Pakistan as the winners. Check out part one, of course, for more from him and for our team analysis from the bottom four in the betting. This week, we go to the top four and we start with New Zealand um, by dint of West Indies being holders. Ed Hawkins. New Zealand, 11-2 a Betfair Sportsbook to win it. 3-1 to one to reach the final. Possible 11 going off the back of that first warm-up. Guptill, Mitchell, Williamson, Conway, Phillips, Nisham, Santner, Southie, Jameson, Sodi and Bolt. Batting rank in terms of best boundary percentage, they're third in the last two years, so they probably do have that big boy power. Their bowling rank is fifth. If they get Mark Chapman into this team, their big boy power goes up a notch because he's their best hitter that they've got. I think we can all agree Lockie Ferguson should be in ahead of Southie. I'm worried about Guptill because his place uh, on UAE form, well, it's just not worth it. He's got a really terrible record. You remember that from our PSL previews. Okay, Richard Mann, I gather you are very keen on the Kiwis. Beaten by Australia in the warm-up, of course. Simon Dool's not convinced. Ed Hawkins is not convinced. Why are they wrong? Well, I, w- I won't put too much importance on the warm-up um, that we've seen today. Australia just in turn, but I think he's bolted a ball that last over there that New Zealand would have probably won. I, I just pick up on a point Simon Dool made last week about big pipe power because I think we'll, we'll all we'll all consider that New Zealand probably got a pretty good top order, Devon Conway, Ken Williamson. But actually, in the middle order, which which might come in question, you've got Glenn Phillips' T20 international strike rate, 149. Nisham is 157. And then you maybe have Zaifa or Mitchell, one of those two guys will bat in the middle and open. 133 for Zaifa, 137 for Mitchell. These are strike rates. By way of comparison, you've got Kyron Pollard only at 137. 
Hardik Pandya at 145, Owen Morgan at 138. Maxwell's is ridiculous at 158. But really, New Zealand, actually, comparative to a lot of the other sides, I think they do have this big bob by power. Might not be as sexy as some of the other sides, but I think it'll certainly prove serviceable. And I think when you're analysing this side, there are weaknesses throughout the tournament. And I think New Zealand's squad has, has, has got as few flaws as a lot of the other sides. I think they've got a serviceable attack, both brilliant, Santa Sodi, um, I think they were joint third in 2016 in the wickets list. I think it's a really good all-round side. And if they can get Lockie Ferguson into it, I think they'll go well. Sorry to butt in. Has the price now gone though, Richard? Because I mean, you were on at bigger prices than 11 to two. I mean, if if you if you had 11 to two now, would you bet? Would you still be betting them? It, it, it's less attractive. I won't be surprised actually if they drifted a bit before the off. But yeah, I mean, 11 to two probably gone now, hasn't it? But what I would say is actually when you look at the other sides, there are weaknesses and we'll obviously pick the other sides apart in a minute. I think I think the market's just caught on to the fact that it's probably not a vintage renewal, this. A lot of sides with a lot of flaws. New Zealand have got a few, but maybe not quite as many as some of the other sides. I think they've got a really strong chance. Look, I'm a massive New Zealand fan, as you know. Um, this is probably their weakest format of the three. And like, I agree, the price has gone. I'm, I'm on them at 10.5 earlier in the year and along with New Zealand, and I'm happy to have both of those two in that group. The only negative to me is they're in that hard group and only two of India, Pakistan and New Zealand can come through. Um, I think they've got a superb bowling attack. Uh, Trent Bolt's got a massive chance of being top tournament bowler. Totally agree with Rich. Bring Lockie Ferguson in. That could be devastating. Um, I'd just say that the price is probably correct now. That's The other thing we talk about is obviously boundary hitting and, and that winning T20 matches, but you need the attack to stop the other sides hitting boundaries. And while we've obviously mentioned about the pitch being a good leveller, this is a really good attack. Bolt, Ferguson, if he gets the nod. And these two spinners, I mean, Santa's been a good bowler for a while now, but he's 30, he's at his peak. Sodi's been a really good leg spinner for a number of years. I think it's a really one of the strongest attacks, actually, for these conditions in the competition. Okay, any um, size value, top Kiwi bowler or batter? You want to alert Panthers to, guys? Richard, you first. Yeah, I mean, I'm keen on Mitch Santner. Price has gone a little bit, um, bet fair spots, but we're 10. Um, now the sevens for him to be top New Zealand wicket taker. Yeah. I'm, le- I'm less wild on the team run scorer and bowler thing than the outright. Um, because I think we should note that uh, Bangladesh have already lost to Scotland. And this could have quite a profound impact on the draw in some of these markets. Because there's a very good chance now that this uh, group two will now have the three big guns, India, New Zealand, and Pakistan, and then Afghanistan and two minnows. Let's say, for example, um, Scotland and Ireland. Um, in which case, I think that's a very good, that's a really good case for backing Trent Bolt and perhaps Lockie Ferguson for top tournament bowler. Uh, I think their pace could be too much for those little teams. Uh, you, generally speaking, um, very good to bowl uh, with a new ball in those pitches in the UAE. So I think Bolt will take a lot of wickets there. And if they bring Ferguson on the death, he'll take wickets too. So I think Bolt's about 10 to 1. I haven't seen what Ferguson is today, but he was a big price on the last look, like 25 to 1 plus top tournament wicket taker. So that would appeal. 
Sorry, there's just a bit of value as well on Mitchell uh, because he's opened the batting in a warm-up and he's done well in that position. He's 16-1 to with Betfair Sportsbook for top New Zealand run scorer in the tournament. That's a bet. Just jumping on what Ed's saying there, actually, be, be wary of Devon Conway. I mean, I thought he was going to open, actually, but he's going to bat number four, probably better for New Zealand, actually. Gives them more depth. But if you're going to take the 3-1, to 11-4 to for him to be top New Zealand one scorer, think again if he's going to be batting at number four. Excellent stuff. Kiwi's done. Richard Mann is unmoved. Still fancies them. West Indies, the holders are next. Ed Hawkins, what can you tell us about them? Well, uh, I remind you that they are in a group with England, Australia, South Africa and the two qualifiers. Possible 11 for you. Lewis, Simmons, Gale, Peran, Pollard, Russell, Hetmeyer. That sort of engine room is changeable. That's going to be all over the place. So they'll change that up with... um, with regard to matchups, I think, against the opposition. Bravo, Rampal, Thomas and Hayden Walsh. In Lewis, Pollard and Andre Russell, they have three of the top five batsmen in best boundary percentage. Uh, no surprise, they are second on your batting rank. They're seventh on bowl- bowling economy. Why are we going on about boundary percentage all the time? That's because... of T20 games are won by the team who hits the most boundaries. That's why. Will it matter? Will it matter? Will it matter? (laughs) Well, that's the question, isn't it? Will it matter indeed? Paul Krishnamurti, they're 3-1 to to reach the final of the West Indies. Surely they get out of the group and you've got a cracking bet in the semi. No, I don't buy that at all, really. Um, I'm not ruling them out. They are the classic mercurial West Indies team that we know and love, but I think that they're far from certain to get out of that group. Um, as I was saying before, we could well end up with Bangladesh and Sri Lanka in that group, making it very competitive. I don't think there'll be any easy games there. Uh, to me, England are very much the team to beat and the second place is up for grabs. I'd probably be more leading South Africa at the moment. Um, talking about gun bowlers, you know, I think you're going to need, I think gun bowlers will make a world of difference in this. Who is theirs? Um, Dwayne Bravo obviously is a good death bowler but he's a bit long in the tooth I don't see that O'Shane Thomas or Ravi Rampol are uh, particularly match winners I, I tend to think they're, they're a bit short based on past tournament form really and they could be very vulnerable Okay Richard Mann you're, you're not a fan of the Windies either I gather well, I'm not without Sonny on the rain. I mean, that's whatever the, the reason, whatever's gone on. I mean, that's just going to be a massive loss right back to his best in the IPL. And as Paul says, the bowling's lacking a bit of star quality. I mean, Ravi Rampley must be drawing his pension, isn't he? I can't believe he's back in the spot. <laughs> um, I was wondering about Fidel Edwards. Get him back in. <laughs> the bowling, the bowling's a real concern, but clearly the batting's got power galore. I mean, whichever way you look at it, I've got Austin Chase in there at number four, but who you leave out, I'm not too sure. Batting, obviously, extremely dangerous, but the bowling would concern me seriously. Any any side markets bets on the on the Windies guys? Austin Chase, actually, I think he'll bat at number four in the old anchor role, if you like, that Marlon Samuels used to do. Let the big big hitters play around him. Really good CPL, 446 runs, pretty good strike rate. I think he'll definitely play because his offspring gives them another option with a ball in what is a weak ball in attack. He's 10 to 1 with Bet Fair Sports, but top West Indies one sky. Bold challenge, Richard Mann, going against Ed Hawkins as anticipated 11. Oh my goodness. Right. Paul Krishnamurti, what about you? 
No, nothing for me. West Indies side bets. Just oppose them. <laughs> That's it. A quick game is a good game, as they say. Right. A tick for New Zealand and West Indies. Great insight um, from everybody. Um, a great helping of curmudgeon from Paul Krishnamurti about the West Indies. And England and India analysis coming up next. Plus, don't miss the best bets section. Okay, here we go. Part three to sort the wheat from the chaff. India and England are five to two respectively to win this thing. Simon Dool, though, says neither will win it. Betfair Sportsbook go 10 to 11. Either will win. Let's start with England. Ed Hawkins, how do they stack up? Not sure how they're going to line up. Possibly like this. Roy Butler, Bairstow. So Milan gets the chop. Livingston, Moeen, Morgan, Wokes, Willie Jordan, Rashid and Wood. They're number one for batting on your boundary percentage. But they are dead last on the eight confirmed teams for the Super 12s on economy. South Africa, West Indies, two qualifiers in their group. Surely they get to the semi-finals and, and that's a five to four chance with Betfair Sportsbook that they make the final. Is that the bet? In a semi-final, they'd be favourites against everyone bar India. Probably that would be a choice affair. They've got loads of intent. Chennai win the IPL in, in these very conditions with Moeen at three. England aren't going to bat him there by the looks of it. Do they know what they're doing? Thank you so much, Ed Hawkins. Um, Richard and Paul, I really want to pin you down on this. Why are you not tipping England? Well, Ed's, Ed's right about the Moen Alley thing. He's probably going to be batting too low. Serious concerns about the batting isn't though. And Morgan looks woefully out of form. Um, Leon Livingston short runs in the IPL. I know he made a few in the warm-up game today. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if I were Morgan. I'm going to make a big call here if he didn't play in this World Cup. Ed's projected side as Milan sitting out for Morgan. Sam Billings, a brilliant player of spin waiting in the wings. Morgan, to me, doesn't look like he can buy a run. I'm not convinced that Morgan will line up for England. I, I, I think there's big problems and I, I worry about the batting against spin in general. I've never fancied Jason Roy against spin. Obviously, we've talked about Milan. I think there's a lot resting on Butler, Bearstorm and Ali's bat, to be honest. And, and I think they're too short. Oh, be cool, Richard, man. You don't drop your captain, surely. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, presumably you hate the bowling and therefore the price on these characters. No, no not, not so much, actually. I'm not anti-England at all, really. I, I, I wouldn't, I'm not backing them because I think the toss is so important. I want to avoid the short prices. And again, they're in that group, which could have six competitive teams. That's a bit of a negative. But to me, they're a really class... T20 side. They've won 75% of their T20s in the last three years, all against top-class opponents, with the exception of Sri Lanka. Um, I think that, yes, the bowling is a slight worry, but Mark Wood bowled well here in the UAE last year against India. Um, I think that Tymel Mills is an excellent death bowler, and I think they bat deep, and they've got the intent that we were talking about. So, with a bit of luck in with the toss and such forth, I think they've got a really good chance of winning it. Okay. One word answers, guys. Who takes the England top bat honours? Richard Mann. Butler, I think he's a class apart in these conditions. Okay. Just Butler. Again, and, to, and a top bowler selection. I'm going to press you. I'd probably go with Jordan at fives, but I wouldn't have a massive opinion. Okay. Paul Krishnamurti. Time out, Mills. Time out, Mills. Lovely stuff. Another uh, Ed Hawkins. A mission. Um, excellent. Right. We're moving on. Anyone, anyone, any more for any more on this one? 
No. I think I'll just, sorry, I think I'll just qualify what I was saying earlier. Not that I'm anti-England. I just worry about them when they don't get on really good flat batting pitches. Intense, great, but you've got to have the skill to do it. In 2017 Champions Trophy semi against Pakistan, it was a poor pitch and they were they were beaten and they moaned after and they weren't happy with conditions. And I don't think they'll get conditions they want here. And I'm just not sure this batting is good enough for these conditions. Richard, man, you qualified that like a, a granddaughter had gone out without a cardigan on. Um, lovely. Let's move on to India up next. Five to two to win it. Eight to 11 to reach the final. Both sportsman prices. Ed Hawkins has a lowdown on the tournament favourites. I don't think they know their best team, or rather that actually they do know their best team, uh, but they can't drop Kohli. Uh, one from Rahul, Rohit and Kishan. Uh, might miss out or will be played out of position. So Rahul, Rohit, Kohli, Kishan Pant, Hardik, who's another problem, Jadeja, Ashwin Kumar, Shami and Bumrah. We've spoken about Hardik with Simon Dool. They're fourth for boundary percentage. They're third for bowling economy. They've got all bases covered. Why aren't we betting India? Richard Mann. Well, they're very short for a start. And Paul made the point, didn't he, earlier about the toss buys and things like that. And that would obviously put you off. And, and, and Ed's analysed it perfectly, really, that they're unsure of the best side. And I hate betting sides, particularly in this form of the game, where it's a bit of a mishmash at the top of the order and people are moving about. Kale needs to be up in the batting and Virat needs to put himself down to three. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I just worry that you won't get the best out of Rahul um, batting at three or four, so just, there's enough to put me off. I don't think they've, they've picked the best T20 spinner either. Chahal should have been in this in this side. I mean, he's brilliant in the IPL for RCB. Um, I think they've shot themselves in the foot a little bit, um, so at the prices, I'd want to take them on, or at least avoid them. So it's just about the odds for me. Um, we're talking 3.6, which is amounts to a treble. So the first leg is to qualify out of a group that includes New Zealand and Pakistan, the two teams I like a lot. And then two matches where there's going to be a toss by us. To me, that's just no, that's just not a value bet. You'll get bigger, but it, you know, they're undoubtedly the correct favourites. Uh, the only question mark I've really got in that team is Kohli. I think that if they open with Rohit and Rahul, then those two will win games on their own, I'm quite sure. Okay, thanks guys. Um what can we bet on with this lot, Richard? Well, I mentioned, didn't I? I think if Cahill Rahul, I think if you get the nod from the warm-up games that he's going to open, three to one top India run score as a bet. I think he's he had a brilliant IPL league, brilliant form, brilliant player. Um, so I'm happy to go with him. The other one is Bummer for top India bowler. I think without Shahal there, he, he's a class apart. I think his cutters will be really good at the death, as they always are. But he's seven to four, so he's short enough that might put people off. But I had a quick look at a, a little treble actually earlier. Um, Bummer top India bowler, Hazelwood top Australia bowler, stick Josh Butler in there and you're looking at 43 to 1 treble, little tricksy, uh, would do nicely for the World Cup. Well, I'm going to put my klaxon. Can I put my special bet klaxon in there? Go on, go on. Okay, um, Paul, any strategies for in play here? All the side markets. Well, regarding the in-play, again, I'd look at the runs. Um, one of the strategies that generally works on these pitches is to go unders after four to five overs. And I think you're going to get a lot of good starts from Rohit and Rahul. 
and, and perhaps you're going to see the India run line go too high at that point. So that's where maybe you want to look to be laying them at 170, 175 maybe. Thank you very much. That wraps it up, but not before the bit that bookies love to hate, the best bets. Right, Ed Hawkins, tell us all about the best bet scores on the doors this week. Richard Mann, 21 plus nine. Super Kings make him super Richard. Paul Krishnamurti is plus eight. And it's Paul Krishnamurti who goes first this week. Okay, I'll have one unit on Rohit Sharma to be top tournament run scorer. I'll have two units, Josh Butler, top England tournament run scorer. I'll have half a unit each way on Mohamed Rizwan to be top tournament run scorer at 25 to 1. I'll have one unit on Roston Chase, top West Indies tournament run scorer at 10 to 1. And I'll have one unit on Trent Bolt to be top tournament wicket taker. I'll have one unit on Mitch Santner, top New Zealand tournament bowler at 7 to 1. And I'll have um, half a unit each way on Shaheen Shah 3D. 33 to 1 to be top tournament wicket taker. And I'll finish with a unit on New Zealand to win the T20 World Cup at 11 to 2. And my last one, half a unit each way, Lockie Ferguson, top tournament wicket taker. Good. Cricket only better done. Part two of your World Cup T20 preview done. Don't forget to listen to part one. Don't forget to check out betting.betfair for your team guys, your outright preview. Every World Cup T20 qualifier matches on there. Every game for the World Cup proper will be on there. And we'll see you for Cricket Only Better Special Edition 104 from Thursday. <laughs>